1015 WHMP. And welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Dan Torres. Happy New Year's, Buzz. How it's are you? finally Y2K, right? Y2K. Y2K. Isn't it? What? Isn't it the year 2000? Is... 2000? I don't know what's going on here. Can we, can we go back in time? Your age, <laughs> your age is showing. Watch out. Your age is I showing. I mean, I remember Y2K, but, you know. Yeah. It's, it was uh, a big deal when they, yeah, the I, I remember rolled that. into, out of the 19s and into the 20s, right? Yeah, I was so like that 16 was my years old. 2023 attempted humor. Oh. Which went right over your head. Oh, yeah, Buzz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do wish you a happy new year. I what? do wish the same for you, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Did you, uh, what did you do that was exciting? Oh, I was in Northampton first night. Yeah, from basically, for, night. oh, it was amazing. It was from like 2 to 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, yeah. And then I was soaked, but yeah, the great fireworks, <laughs> uh, a lot of great music. It was a lot of fun being outside, yeah. It was, Northampton did a great job. I enjoyed the party. And, I, and I hadn't do. done it in a while, yeah. Well, it was canceled because of the right. pandemic, right? Right, and, well, even before that, I hadn't done it in a while, but. Were you concerned about super spreader stuff? Every, you know, no, because a large number of people wore masks, and then a large number of people, uh, well, are probably vaccinated. And I mean, sure, they're inside rooms, but you know, I, I feel like at this point, people are either vaccinated or wearing masks. So I don't know. It gives me a sense I was felt pretty safe. Well, we had 14 people over for a dinner party in our Ashfield home. All outside, right, Buzz? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, they were all inside and unmasked, um, all vaccinated and properly boosted, I think. Um, but it, it, uh, it was nice. We're not usually watch the ball people, but all of a sudden we all looked up and it was like 20 of it. We said we might as well watch the. the oh, so nice. Even though all those old people like me were there we stayed late it was fun hey you stayed up late that's great it was really good yeah so here we are first show of 2023 and i'm looking forward to a to a another wonderful year with you dan so am i buzz so um you hear that sound coming from the north that's the sound of more controversy from our <laughs> beloved city of greenfield and um it's spilling over onto the pages last week of the Greenfield Recorder, and um, fortunately, we have here in studio two of the sort of participants in this um, intrigue that I think I'm not belittling it because, it in fact, is important. Uh, and they are Daniel Cantor Yalowitz and Wid Perry. Daniel, being the former Greenfield Human Rights Commission chairperson, who we've spoken to before back in May here on the show, and Wid Perry, the former. I think fairly long-term Greenfield Human Rights Commission clerk of the nine-member commission. Welcome to you both. Welcome to you, Daniel. Thank you. Thank and you. Happy New Year to you, Wid. Happy New Year to you, Buzz. Thank you for schlepping down here to our uh, studio. So, um, I think that the uh, the first question we, of course, could rewind the tape for those who are not familiar with the sort of origin of controversy. I'll go to you, uh, Daniel, first. I think we should just sort of set the, set the table by discussing the Buchanan verdict and the Human Rights Commission's involvement and recommendations that flowed from that. So let's rewind the tape and talk a little bit about that. Tell us sure. about that. Well, thanks, Buzz. Well, uh, folks may, may remember that uh, a, a jury uh, 
found the uh, the police chief uh, guilty of racial animus, um, and this stems from 2014 uh, when uh, Patrick Buchanan, who was the my understanding, he was the sole black officer of the police department in Greenfield at that time, and others applied for a, a change in rank. And uh, he was denied, and he thought that, of course, he should have been selected. And uh, I guess it took close to eight years to wend its way through the court system. And so when the jury verdict came out, of course, there was a, a, a huge community Outcry. And that verdict was? The verdict was that he was guilty of racial animus. That who was? Uh, I'm sorry, Police Chief Hay. Yeah. Right. And the Greenfield Police Department, and thereby the city of Greenfield, had discriminatorily failed or refused to promote him. Mm-hmm. He was now off the force these years later, and that he received a judgment for uh, back pay plus post-judgment interest and pre-judgment interest, gave it up to, I think, a third of a million dollars, something like that, something right? Something like with, that. With a verdict. Right, right. And I believe that the mayor, Roxanne Wiedergartner, um, said there was going to be an appeal, and she said that the choice was really that of the insurance company, which, of course, anyone who's done this sort of work knows that insurers have both the obligation to defend mm-hmm. and the right to defend. Before they pay out, they can make a determination whether there should be an appeal. Um, and the mayor said that, but also professed her... Um, uh, belief that the police chief would eventually be exonerated. That's my memory. Is that accurate? That's what came out in the newspaper right after the verdict was announced. Uh, so to kind of cut to the chase in terms of the Greenfield Human Rights Commission, um, she uh, went ahead, this, this current mayor went ahead and put the police chief on uh, unpaid leave of absence. Paid. Hmm? Paid, 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 paid leave. leave Weird reminds us That's that right. it was paid, paid leave, leave of, of absence. absence, and it That's was right. also there was a lieutenant who was also involved, who was also placed on paid leave, right? Yes, yes. And, and so you know the, the 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 first the initial community out, outcry was how can we have a, a, a police chief who has been found guilty of racial animus, not only on the force but leading the force, and so there was all kinds of energy around that in town. And there, was, there were protests, there were letters in the paper, there were my turns in the, in the Greenfield Recorder. And the Greenfield Human Rights Commission, of course, has- Of which has, you were a member. Of which I was a member. I was chair at that point, And WID was clerking at that point. Um, we felt that this was, in fact, a human rights issue um, because of the racial animus and so on. And so- uh, we had discussions, uh, open discussions. All of our meetings are always open. That's open meeting law. Uh, and we invited people to join us. And in the May meeting, the, there was such fervor and uh, uh, such energy around this that we decided to have not only our typical open meeting, but a meeting that was dedicated in large measure to allowing the public and the constituents of Greenfield to speak. Uh, feeling like there's very little other place. Really, the city council is the one other place, but people are limited to two minutes and no talk back from the city council. So we wanted to engage, and and we did. And there were close to 35, maybe 40 people uh, in attendance, which is highly, highly unusual for our work, but we welcomed it. 
And then, um, you know, we decided as a group that what we were comfortable with in terms of putting an opinion out was, was picked up incorrectly by the Greenfield Recorder. We did not uh, recommend to the mayor that the police chief be fired from the force, that he be removed altogether. We felt that this was not a good example of leadership and that he should be removed from his position of leader. And this was a recommendation, but we took no action in terms of whether or not he should be removed from the force. So you don't have the power to make such decisions, but you make a recommendation to the mayor, and your recommendation was that the um, then-chief Robert Haig be reassigned mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, to different duties other than police chief, um, right? Yes, even though he was on unpaid leave of absence, thinking that that— Paid, I think. Uh, paid, unpaid leave of absence, right. Um, I think it was paid leave of absence, right? I'm sorry, it was paid leave of absence. It was paid leave of absence. Paid leave of absence. Why do I keep saying that? All right, get the record straight. So, yes, uh, and uh, we thought, well, he would come back uh, at some point. And, in fact, uh, at some point in September, he was brought back onto the force for reasons unknown to the public. And, again, more outcry ensued. But at that point, we had already weighed in. uh, But it became, again you know, uh, an issue in town, uh, both in the media and in meetings and so on. Uh, and we, we did not address it further at that point, but we had already come in with our, our thinking uh, on this. So let me bring William Wid Perry into the conversation. Wid, you've been a, the clerk that is the scrivener of the Human Rights Commission for how long? Uh, since June of 2019. And how long have you been a member of the Human Rights Commission? Uh, I took over as secretary, I think, that October. <laughs> and it is the mayor who appoints members of the Human Rights Commission. Correct. But I was appointed by the previous mayor, uh, Mayor Bill Martin. Got it. And um, did you feel that this issue, this verdict that alleged, uh, that, that found that there had been racial animus in the non-promotion of Officer Buchanan, did you find that was an appropriate thing for the Human Rights Commission to be talking about, given that there are personnel matters which shouldn't be done in public? Did you feel that was appropriate? Of course. I mean, what else, what's the purpose of having a Human Rights Commission if you don't address human rights and issues going on with human rights? I never saw it as a political issue. That's what, I guess I was naive I thought we were there to do the mission of the Human Rights Commission. What is the mission? Well, I don't have it right in front of me, but it's basically to address human rights and any problems that come up regarding diversity, race, sexism, uh, any complaint that a, a citizen of Greenfield brings up to us. We, you know, we research that and we find out if there was an issue and we bring that to the, uh, to the mayor and, 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 and hopefully find resolve, a satisfied resolve. Okay. So the whole issue of the politics of it was above and beyond my scope of understanding. I wasn't even thinking about that stuff. I was thinking about human rights and why are people upset and what can we do to address that as a community? Got it. So flash forward. Uh, I'm going to stick with Wid here because Wid, you wrote an article in the Greenfield Recorder recently. Um, and what you wrote about was um, you were concerned that the mayor had failed or refused to reappoint Daniel 
to the Human Rights Commission when his appointment lapsed and she had the power of appointment or reappointment, right? You were upset by that. Correct. I, I, I just thought it was unfounded. You know, there was no uh, discussion in any of our meetings. There was no concerns expressed by any of the representatives of City Hall who sit in our meetings. No one ever brought up issues, as far as I was aware, to us as a commission. Uh, and so to have the chair removed for no real reason, to me, just struck as, uh, it just struck me as, you know, inconceivable why you would do that. If we're really concerned about human rights, don't you want the person who is doing a great job driving the Human Rights Commission to a place where we want to go to be the driver moving forward? So, Daniel, you were not reappointed, and you learned of that when? So it came to me on, as an email on Thursday, uh, the day after the last city hall meeting. City Council meeting. Which which Thursday are we talking about? And, uh, December 24th. December 24th, correct, yeah. So it was sent as an email uh, indicating, of course, the mayor's appreciation of my work and, uh, you know, the advances of the commission, and at the same time saying, you know, you your three-year uh, appointment is at an end as of December 31st, 2022, and I have decided not to reappoint you. So she thanked you for your service, but said, I've decided not to reappoint you. Right. That's right. So I know that in the paper, newspaper article um, of uh, December 28th, about, uh, it's a headline above the fold in the Greenfield Recorder, says, Mayor Alst's Rights Commission Chair. It has a picture of your pretty face there <laughs> and says, Wiedergartner cites resignations in call not to reappoint Cantor uh, Yalowitz, who criticized her backing of police chief over the racism verdict, move prompts criticism and another resignation. That other resignation, Wid, was that you? Uh, well, there was Wendy Goodman uh, who resigned in October at a council meeting. She and Wendy Goodman was the vice chair or the at interim the time, vice chair? Yes, and she resigned uh, in person in front of the city council in October. And then I was a second resignation. I resigned the next day after that story broke. In protest. Yeah, yeah, definitely in protest. I, you know, uh, why, why would I want to stay in a commission that has no rudder? You know, why, where are we going to go from here if we don't really have any independent voice? I just didn't have any confidence that I could continue doing the work and, and follow my values if I didn't feel like I had a leader backing me up. This is getting interesting. <laughs> We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about what I think Mayor Wiedergartner's stated reasons for the non-reappointment are, uh, and I uh, hear what you have to say about those. We're going to take a break. This is interesting, folks. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
when it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. Voting as well as early voting is the way to go. It shows that we trust the voters. They know why they need an early ballot. They know why they need an absentee ballot. It's not up to government to decide if it's a legitimate reason or not. The voters should get to choose. So this, I think, is a huge advance. 1015-1400-1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. 586-1000. Good phone number, right? It's the number Whalen Insurance got when we opened in 1961. It's still our number more than 60 years later. If you need an insurance quote or have a claim, just call 586-1000. We answer the phone, ready to help. That's our pledge to you, until now. Now when you call, we'll answer, and if it's something clerical or routine, like an address change, we're going to transfer you to the Arbella Insurance Call Center in Quincy. You'll be connected with a real person there, too. You won't be entering your policy number on the dial pad. The Arbella Call Center. I told myself Whalen Insurance would never do this, but insurance agent friends all over New England tell me it actually works really well. So we're going to try it, and if it doesn't work well, I'm sure you'll let us know by calling 586-1000. Whalen Insurance. Local people, local service, local insurance. In partnership with Arbella Insurance. Southwest Airlines CEO Bob Jordan has apologized to customers and employees for the carrier's meltdown during the Christmas holiday when thousands of canceled flights stranded passengers across the country. Jordan told an interviewer there will be a lot of lessons learned. Candy manufacturer Hershey is being sued over claims the firm is selling products that contain harmful levels of metal. The suit was filed in response to a report by Consumer Reports that nearly all dark chocolate candy contains potentially harmful levels of heavy metals, including lead. Air fryers were one of the most requested small appliances as Christmas gifts this year, according to researchers at Fractal. But it's possible not everyone read the owner's manual before plugging it in. According to Fractal, Google searches for air fryer accident were up 600%. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back um, with two very recent members of the Greenfield Human Rights Commission. Um, one uh, no longer a member because of the non-reappointment by the mayor after his three-year expired term, Daniel Cantor Yalowitz, and one uh, uh, William Wid Perry, who resigned in protest of the non-reappointment of Daniel. So uh, before the break, Daniel, we were talking about um, your reasons for objecting to your non-reappointment, and you feel that it was in reprisal for the position that you took with respect to this verdict that found a civil rights violation on the part of the Greenfield Police. Um, but I wanted to ask you about what I believe, according to the article in the Greenfield Recorder, are Mayor Wiedergartner's stated reasons for the non-reappointment. She says, and I'm, I think I'm almost quoting, but it's paraphrasing, that there were six commission resignations during your leadership as chair, with some resignees citing, quote, the manner in which you operated, quote, as explaining why they resigned, including one member that the mayor contends resigned because you objected to typos in emails that that member had originated. How do you respond to the mayor's contention? 
Well, she's got to find reasons. There's, there's no question. She needs to find reasons, and she feels justified with those reasons. Uh, one of the things I feel like I need to do is to clear my name, because these many of the things she, she put into the article that Mary Byrne wrote are absolute fallacies, um, falsehoods and inaccuracies. And on that uh, score, I will say that the, most, the two most recent resignations, that being Wid Perry, the, the, the former clerk, and Wendy Goodman, the former interim vice chair, specifically said, Wendy in the city council meeting and Wid in his uh, My Turn article last week, that it was really because of the mayor, not because that of- That they were resigning. That they were resigning. And the way she handled things, her lack of ability to get into proactive discussion, uh, and to engage and to listen. So I, I just want to correct the record on that. Uh, I do understand there were two other folks, the former chair of the commission, who I, uh, I was elected over her. Lorraine, you mentioned earlier. Lorraine Flockersy, yeah. Uh, back in, uh, I believe it was September of 2021, I took over from that. So the, the two people, who, and then she did not, she also ran for vice chair and did not win that position. So it would be understandable that anyone who has been twice rejected from a position of leadership, uh, she stayed on. Uh, Finish that sentence. It would be understandable. That she would be, that she, that she would have negative feelings. Uh, did you hear that, Kevin McCarthy? Anybody who's <laughs> twice rejected might not want to be there any longer. Okay, got it. It surprised me, and I think it surprised the mayor because I remember her saying to me that, uh, you know, after many, many years of, of service to the Human Rights Commission and elsewhere, maybe she was just tired. Mm. Um, you know, she didn't give reasons to me, of course, but I would understand that in her exit interview, as well as the other longstanding member of the commission, uh, would have been both upset by my winning as the chair and most likely would have had negative things to say no matter what. Um, now, that's conjecture on my part, but as a psychologist, I would understand that. So, which you are. So you think that the mayor uh, is a little, at a minimum, hyperbole, if not she's downright wrong, inciting those resignations as a basis for, as an example of your poor leadership, right? That's your position? Right. And we get into a she said, he said thing here, which I think denigrates her office and my role. And so I don't really want to go there. Um, but I do need to correct the record because, of course, people leave all the time for various reasons. But to try to squeeze it out and say that they left because of me is just inaccurate. It's a falsehood and, and it's a fallacy. Got it. A second reason which is cited in her uh, comments reported in that uh, December 28th front page article explaining the mayor's non-reappointment. Um, the mayor says that you had attempted to conduct a private retreat for the commission um, and that uh, by attempting to do so, it showed a disregard or lack of understanding of the open meeting law, which forbids governmental entities from deliberating meeting without proper posting, without an open invitation to the public at any quorum gathering so that um, such a private retreat would be inappropriate. The allegation from the mayor, I, I, my understanding is that you then went to the attorney general's office and what happened? Well, I wanted corroboration. I mean, look, 
we're all volunteers on every commission and every committee in town. We're paid nothing. We have to take workshops online. We have to get trained in open meeting law, in other things as well. And it's natural and human to make mistakes. And uh, first of all, I do want to say when this, this issue came up, uh, to look at holding a retreat because we had so many new members and we wanted to have time to get to know one another and work together, work collaboratively and efficiently. Uh, I was not the chair at that point. That was under the former chair. So to blame me for that is just wholly wrong. Um, secondly, it, it never came out as an open vote. We were simply exploring the possibility and we were even willing, the, the several folks on the commission at that time who wanted to go forward with a retreat, were willing to make it an open retreat, not a closed retreat. And we learned that we just couldn't break into subgroups and so on because there's no way to keep those open to everyone. So we would have had, if we could have, uh, we would have had an open retreat with people listening in and conducting our business in that way. Uh, and it was shut down, but there was nothing clandestine or secretive on my part by trying to sequester the members of the commission. I didn't even have the power to do that. I was, I was only a commissioner, I was not a vice chair, and I was not a chair. So I just want to set, again, the record straight because I, I, it, no one likes to, to have their name dragged through things that are just wrong about them. Right. And uh, Wit, I'm ignoring you only for one more minute. Uh, I understand it a third reason um, was there was an attempt by you, Daniel, and as chair of the commission to use commission, or desire, I should say, mm -hmm. um, to use commission funds from the budget to assist poor people to pay municipal re recreational fees involving Green River Recreational Facility there, uh, in, which would be in violation of the Massachusetts Constitution, what's called the Anti-Aid Amendment, it's in Article 46, Section 2, and it prohibits the use of public money for the purpose of aiding any charitable undertaking. And that, uh, and the, the mayor was upset about that, I understand. What say you to that, Wid, Perry? Well, it never really came up for a vote. We were told in the September... You were the clerk, you were keeping the minutes. Yes, and I had the minutes right here in front of me. In the September uh, 2021 uh, minutes, we were told that we cannot do that. So that's when we learned about it, and that's when we fought, and that's when you know we did okay. End of issue. So it was it was never put up to a vote. It was, you know, the Human Rights Commission talks about a lot of stuff. You have seven or eight, nine people with diverse backgrounds, diverse opinions, diverse viewpoints, and people throw ideas out, and we talk about it. And a lot of times the ideas are not all the best ones, and sometimes they're great ideas. But we figure out where we go with them, and we find out if we can do them. And when we find out we can't do them, uh, end of story. So I want to uh, finish in terms of end of story. So you wrote um, this, uh, my turn, for the recorder. And um, you say, again, I can only conclude that the mayor's decision not to renew Yalowitz is an example of her unwillingness to fairly and openly address DEI concerns, that is, diversity, equity, and inclusion concerns, or to allow the Human Rights Commission to effectively operate in a truly independent advisory capacity. So you believe it was reprisal against Daniel and his, and what? Well, just that uh, he rubbed some feathers. You know, he rubbed some feathers. I, you know, if that is a, uh, 
if we all cannot serve as volunteers because we might offend somebody or ruffle someone's feathers because we said something that someone didn't like, uh, there'd be a lot of empty chairs in most of the commissions and the committees in Greenfield. So I, you know, I, and no one gave Dano a heads up. No one, you know, we're all managers here. We, we work for people. If, the station manager has a problem with you, Buzz. He's going to come in and tell you, hey, you didn't do this right. You didn't do that right uh, for next well, time. I do everything right. I know, but say, know. in theory, you did. You know, that you would have a corrective action plan to make sure that you were, you know, address the issues. And so the next performance evaluation that you got, you, you know, those things were well, addressed was, and concerned. Was your resignation, Weed Perry, because of the manner in which he was um, not reappointed or because he was not reappointed? Both. Both. You know, if you're going to let someone uh, go, you should give them a heads up. Daniel. I just want to add something to what Wood was saying, uh, which is the, the very essence, the mission and the vision of the Human Rights Commission. Now, a as far as this last so-called charge, uh, we had held an open uh, workshop for all Greenfielders, all Franklin County citizens on uh, something uh, in, in the whole environmental injustice or justice issue, which is where this came from. And it was called the nature gap. And uh, one, uh, our, our interim vice chair, Wendy Goodman, facilitated that with help from WID and also the director of communications. Environmental justice, meaning that the impact of climate change and the, the negative aspects of climate change falls disproportionately on people who are in poorer neighborhoods, people of color, that's what you're talking about? Yes, and specifically addressing that they do not have equal access to recreational facilities, namely the Green River. Uh, and Which even, has a fee. Which has a fee that is not affordable to people either in town and out of town. Got it. So as a human rights concern, we are given the paltry sum of $300 a year as our budget and looked at this as a way to make, make a minimal expenditure to help address this concern. So our hearts, hearts are in the right place, and I don't want that to get lost. In besmirching my name and my work, the, the work of the commission, I think, has been denigrated as well. And so I want to support the commission in doing its work, and it needs the independence to be able to research learn about, share out uh, ideas, whether or not they come to fruition. But that's a way of advocating for people who don't have equal voice and equal power. There's a very clear power asymmetry in City Hall, and having a mayor who has it her way or the highway and uses it as a bully pulpit does not allow for equal voice, and that's what people are wanting. She's heard it again and again and again, and has turned a deaf ear on it. And people are fed up. We are going to take a break for a couple of minutes. Stay with us. We're going to come back with Daniel Cantor Yalowitz, the uh, not reappointed Human Rights Commission member and chair, and William Wid Perry, the former Human Rights Commission clerk who resigned in protest after that non reappointment. We'll be back right after these messages. Come back with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. 
The driver in a head-on car crash on Armory Street in Springfield has died. The accident occurred around 7 p.m. on Saturday, December 31st, in the area of the 700 block of Armory Street. An adult woman who was a passenger in the other car involved in the accident was taken to Bay State Medical Center for serious injuries. The Springfield Police Traffic Unit is investigating the accident. Kids are heading back to school after the holiday break, and in Northampton, those students and staff will be wearing masks. Interim Superintendent Janelle Pearson-Campbell said there will be temporary masking for nine days, the first two weeks of school in the new year. Pearson-Campbell told the Gazette the measures were being put in place simply as a precaution as many students return from traveling around the country to visit family during the Christmas and New Year holidays. The new adoption of the mask wearing is a recommendation and not a mandate. Governor-elect Maura Healey is addressing concerns that her cabinet will not include many people from western Massachusetts. Healey spoke with 22 News. Well, I'm delighted that uh, already uh, climate chief, for those of you, we care a lot about climate, and the person who's heading that is from Barrie, Massachusetts. So that straddles, I know it straddles central and, and western, but I can tell you, you will have a cabinet and an, administ- an administration that represents the diversity of this great state in all forms, including geography. Healy's inauguration will be held this Thursday at TD Garden in Boston at 5 p.m. For the rest of today, mild and rainy, highs 48 to 52. Tonight, cloudy with showers, areas of patchy fog, overnight lows 40 to 46. And the outlook for Wednesday, cloudy, very mild with rain, highs in the upper 50s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Adam Stremko on 101.5 WHMP. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Hey, it's Jason with the Weather Channel and SnowCountry.com. This winter, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed for recent Omicron variants. Learn more and schedule your updated booster at vaccines.gov. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. December brought plenty of cold, powerful snowmaking, so when early January weather gets a bit turbulent, grooming crews do everything they can to preserve that snowpack. And the good news is by Thursday, we're back to consistent wintry temps and even more high-powered snowmaking to freshen up our trails. In the meantime, check those grooming reports and prepare for changeable conditions throughout the day. Jiminy Peak, over 30 trail skiing till 10 p.m. every night. Three quarters of the runs open at Wachusett. They've got day and night action, too, so to ski Sunday down in Connecticut. Stratton, four dozen runs. Now smugglers notch up near 20 trails. Terrain for all abilities. All have been groomed out overnight. And a support brought to you by Smugglers Notch for Modware Family Funds Guaranteed. Visit smugs.com and check out more at snowcountry.com. I'm Jason Dean. To play this game, you've got to be as sharp as a blade, as quick as a one-timer, as tough as plexiglass. Oh, and having a solid dental plan, that's probably a good idea, too. Hit the ice all season long right here on the UMass Sports Network. 101.5, 1400-1240-WHMP. Twenty years ago, we envisioned creating a brighter future for people and planet. Now, PV Squared celebrates a big milestone. Two decades of designing, building, and maintaining quality solar projects for homes and businesses in our community. PV Squared is a worker-owned co-op. When you partner with us, you get a team dedicated to the success of your project, from your first meeting to servicing your system down the road. Build solar right and do business better. It's the co-op difference. Learn more at pvsquared.coop. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are 
back with Daniel Cantor Yellowich and uh, William Wade Perry. And uh, so here's the bottom line. Uh, let me let me start with you, Wade, because um, you're heavily critical of Mayor Roxanne Wiedegartner. That's decision. what my wife said. I was feeling guilty for a while, but I don't think I was overly critical. I think I'm just stating how I feel about it. Oh. Uh, you think I, I was being overly critical? I'm, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm honored to be put in the same category as your wife in this regard, but what I was going to say is that the mayor's decision not to reassign, um, you said, you wrote, demonstrates a general dysfunction, abuse of power, Continued lack of transparency coming from the mayor's office. Those are big, big contentions. Those are big accusations, aren't they? Uh, yes, maybe, perhaps. In uh, hindsight, I could have used the tone it down a little bit. But, you know, I'm retired Navy, as I mentioned in the, my turn. And I just see leadership. Uh, you know, I, I've experienced 23 years of leadership, good leadership and bad leadership. And I just, you know, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with bottom-up input. And a, a good leader hears that and decides based on, you know, many voices, not just one voice. I just felt that she, it's been a, a, a not just my criticism, a lot of criticism of her leadership is she's not willing to take varying viewpoints and put it, throw it in a pot and stir it and come out with some kind of, you know, resolve that satisfies everyone. I understand she has a really tough job and she has to walk a lot of lines with the police chief and the lawyers of the city, but you still got to address human rights from the mayor's perspective and let the people that you are representing feel like you're representing them in a good way. I don't think she's really come across as doing that in this case. And that has been the bone of contention for a lot of people. Human rights matter, irregardless of what's going on with the police department and the lawyers. Well, and you, Daniel. So could you sum up um, what your position is and and again i will have the mayor on i really appreciate the fact that she comes on monthly mm -hmm. and she answers whatever questions we ask us and i think she answers them honestly in terms of what she feels or what she believes and i will certainly talk to her about this mm -hmm. conversation um so how do you summarize your uh level of uh grievance with the way that the mayor has conducted herself generally with regard to the human rights Commission's purview, and specifically with your non-reappointment? Well, let me try to speak to a larger uh, level. I mean, I'm very passionate about uh, human rights. Uh, this has been my life's work, and before me, my parents' work, and so on, and it, it matters a lot. And um, I would have very much wanted to stay on this commission. We were making plans well into next summer in discussion at this point. And uh, it, was, it was a shock to me in certain ways that uh, nine days before the end of my first three-year term, I was summarily uh, non-reappointed. Um, now, I do want to say I feel sad. I feel sad that the mayor has to resort to trumped-up charges, most of which are not true. I want to also say that I never received any kind of an inquiry from her or her office about whether I wanted to continue. She claims that uh, it was sent to me. I would have been joyous about responding and saying, yes, I would like another three years. It never came. 
Uh, and so I just want to state that out as a fact because she stated otherwise. Um, but, but more than just the, the charges and, and so on, uh, human rights, especially now, are being trampled around the world. And, you know, that's not our purview. Our purview within Greenfield is to support and to advocate for those who have complaints, who have issues, concerns, um, who feel like their rights have been disregarded or minimized. And look, that can come from any quarter. And so, you know, we don't choose to pick this or that versus this or that. As things come, we are not only reactive, but we're trying to be proactive in planning programs and, and things for the community. Uh, the two movies in the past month are, are evidence of this, both uh, with uh, She Said and also the other film, Till, uh, Till that came up. Uh, and having talkbacks in the community. The story of Emmett Till, a horrific story. Right. Yeah. And she said being a much more current uh, story around sexual harassment and abuse. Uh, at any rate, what I, what I want to say is what's done is done. She's made a decision. There are many, many detractors. Uh, they've, they've begun to speak. I think there will be more said at upcoming city uh, council meetings and elsewhere. Uh, and, you know, whether or not I agree uh, with her decision is, is relatively immaterial. But I will speak to correct the record. Uh, about myself, and I will let others do the same. Uh, so I, I, I am concerned and sad because I feel like the Human Rights Commission has been emasculated, not that that's the right term to use, but it's been cut. Uh, the, the, the idea of us working collaboratively with uh, other agencies and organizations within the city, uh, you know, I really wonder what's going to happen now because the message is speak up and you, you take, you work in my peril. And um, that's not how a human rights commission is supposed to work. Mm. Um, I, I only wanted to do well for the city and for our constituents and to be made an example of in such a negative and hostile way uh, is just unnecessary. And People will vote next November for a mayor, and we'll see what happens. But mostly, I, I do wish that the mayor could live up to what she was uh, elected to do, which is to listen, to, to support actively the constituents in the community, and take their opinion seriously. I have a final question for each of you, two different questions for you. So in that regard, um, with Perry, the... Um, Mayor, the Human Rights Commission ha is an advisory commission. Its uh, mission is to make recommendations to the mayor, which the mayor may or may not, has sole discretion to adopt, to disregard, to entertain in part, right? Sure. Um, so that if, in fact, the mayor felt that she wasn't getting the kind of advice commensurate with the way she, her worldview is, should she have the power of appointment or non-appointment? Non sure. Yeah, she does. We're not debating that at all. You know, but it would have been nice if she raised her concerns to us as a commission or as individuals. It was kind of inferred that it was assumed that I would maybe take over as chair. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, why would you, why would you even consider that? Why no one came to me and say, hey, if we get rid of Daniel, would you be interested? You know, so it just seemed kind of that, that people have expectations without even asking the people involved if they're on board with that sort of stuff. 
I'm going to ask you a follow-up question because it's one of my favorite questions that I love asking public servants, and it goes something like this. Um, we live in a representative democracy. We, um, uh, Except for hill towns, which actually people come to town meeting and they are the legislature. The actual citizens make the vote. They don't have to be represented by someone in terms of legislative stuff. But here we have city councilors and we have uh, mayors that are elected. Is it a mayor's job to, uh, who's elected by constituents to do what they consider right or wrong, uh, if the mayor disagrees morally with what the people that her constituents seem to want, is it her job to do what the constituents want because that's what she was hired to do, or to follow your Navy man, her own moral rudder? Which is her job? Uh, both. In the end, she is the ultimate decision maker. That's what we were, she was hired to do. So in the end, it comes up to her. But as Doris uh, Goodwin, Doris Curtis Goodwin, talk, it, you know about the cat, the 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 committee, the the cabinet, the right, advisors. Can, you know, right. you listen to people before you decide. So you make sure you have all the information, all the input. You consider everything, and in the end. You know, I could have maybe backed out and maybe not resigned and stayed on, but it's just, to me, that didn't feel morally correct. So mm-hmm. I made what was a value judgment for me personally. It's an interesting, yeah. I think you're talking about Doris Kearns Goodwin's yes. book, A Team of Rivals. A Team of Rivals. I couldn't remember the title. Lincoln yes. had uh, right. people he disagreed with because he felt it more informed by listening to them. My final question to you, Daniel, is... Uh, I'm looking right now, I don't know if it's accurate, I think it probably is, I'm looking at the Greenfield Human Rights Commission uh, membership right now, uh, not counting the two of you, um, there was a vacancy, there still is vacancy. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to the mayor about filling the vacancy? Well, this has been something we're communicating. I, I was talking to her about that, and I was looking. I was looking also for diversity. Uh, because what it was looking like, the optics of the Human Rights Commission as recent as as a year ago, uh, were certainly not representative of our city. I think uh, Mackenzie Sarage is a is a person of color, right? No, she's uh, not. But oh. uh, Empress Empress Benu is. Oh, there we go. And so, uh, what what Mackenzie uh, represents in a way is youth. Uh, you know. We, she was an intern for the mayor this past summer, and now she's a freshman, a first-year student, I should say, at Boston University, uh, living in Boston. Uh, but yes, we do need to get younger. We do need to get more diverse. We still have several openings at this point. I think with Red, Wid's resignation and my, my non-reappointment and a new person coming on next week, they will be at six, I believe. Nine is the maximum. The problem has been throughout my three years on the commission that we have been so close to only achieving a quorum that four times we've had to cancel meetings. So why not talk to her about reappointing you? Well, I, this is a mayor who does not know how to listen. Mm. And she has demonstrated this over and over and over again. Um, had there been more communication, I mean... I'm a, I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. I also like to think that I know how to learn things and would, would have at least sit, sat with her concerns, whether I agree with them or not. She is the leader of the city, and she was elected to take that on. Now, you know, if there were things I could have done that I w- would find within my value system to adhere to her concerns, I, at least I would have given it an effort. At least I would have responded. But the kind of secrecy that she works within, 
doesn't serve anyone, and it's certainly not serving her mayoralty and her administration. Um, I would have, I do value communication. That's what professors do. They communicate, they teach, but they also learn. They learn from their students, they learn from their constituents. I have sadly yet to see evidence that this mayor has learned anything from anyone in our city. I would like to see that before the next election. And this is not just to pick on her, this is to say, let's upgrade what's going on. Uh, I, in, in my turn a couple of months ago, I exhorted the city, not just the mayor and her administration, but get involved, find a voice, find someone to, uh, to work with you on what your concerns are. Um, but everyone has to step up. This is not just for those who are elected. And however, I do think that she has a long way to go to be able to really truly say she is representing the citizens of Greenfield. Well, there you have it. It's 2023. How do you really feel, Wid and, uh, and Daniel? Thank you both for coming in today. Uh, love to get your perspective. We will be hearing from the mayor when she comes in for her monthly uh, Wiedergartner Wednesday. And um, wishing you both the best. Thanks a lot, Buzz. Thanks we so appreciate much. it. Our nice pleasure. to be on air with you. Thanks, Buzz. We're going to take a break, and Dan and I will come back right after these messages. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. happening on Beacon Hill this month? What laws are our local elected officials pushing for? We'll hear the perspective of State Senator Joe Comerford, who will be our guest Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP. News, information, and the arts. You want the very best opportunities for your child. Given the amount of time children spend in school each day, you want your child to be inspired, to be engaged, to love going to school. At Bement, each student experiences this every day. The Bement School in Deerfield is a close-knit community of students from around the valley and across the globe. Kindergarten through ninth grade, learning from each other in the classroom, rooting for each other on the athletic field, and celebrating each other on the stage. We are local, we are global, and our differences make us stronger. We interact face-to-face, -face, share meals together every day, and open doors for one another. The true essence of your child's time at Bement is preparing for a life of integrity, of significance, of joy. Financial aid and transportation are available to help make a Bement school education possible. I'm Kim Laughlin, Director of Admission. Please contact me or visit our website. Bement will be the best investment you make in your child's future. Massachusetts now requires you to recycle fluorescent and other mercury-containing bulbs. A tiny amount of mercury is an essential element in energy-efficient lighting. But when you throw these bulbs in the trash, they can break and release mercury into the environment. 
Do your part. Keep mercury out of the environment. Recycle used fluorescent bulbs. For convenient recycling solutions, visit LampRecycle.org or ALMR.org. Homeowners, visit Earth911.org for a drop-off center near you. Brought to you by the National Electrical Manufacturers Association. Imagine working hard for so many years and reaching your retirement, only to find out there's an issue with your pension or 401k. Unfortunately, it's a problem too many Americans face. The New England Pension Assistance Project can help you get the benefits you've earned by providing free legal help. Contact the New England Pension Assistance Project at 888-425-6067 or visit them online at pensionhelp.org slash New England. A public service from the U.S. Administration on Aging's Pension Counseling and Information Program. For some kids, home isn't a safe place. And in these times, access to trusted adults like teachers and counselors is limited. I'm Kara McElhone, Executive Director of the Children's Advocacy Center of Hampshire County. Our mission is to prevent and end child abuse in our community by providing safety, healing, and justice. The Children's Advocacy Center is open in providing resources to children and caregivers throughout Hampshire County. Please visit us online at cachampshire.org or call 413-570-5989. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5. Well, it has been an incredibly busy day in uh, the halls of Congress, and um, we've been busy talking with the Human Rights Commission uh, former members, and uh, I can't wait to find out what's going on uh, down there, and as soon as we get off the air, that's where I'm headed. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us on this, the first show of 2023, and wishing everybody a happy new year, and we'll be talking with you tomorrow. Have a great night. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Would you like a better world? It's as easy as grabbing a hammer and building a home. Pioneer Valley Habitat for Humanity builds strength, stability, and self-reliance through affordable home ownership in Hampshire and Franklin County. It's not a handout, it's a hand up. Habitat homes are built with donations of material, land, and services. Future homeowners and volunteers create a partnership with Habitat for Humanity to build a home, strengthen our neighborhoods, and create a legacy for our community. Help transform the world. Volunteer and support Pioneer Valley Habitat for Humanity. PVHabitat.org. Are you an educator? Want to be more confident teaching about Live environmental and local issues? News and talk for the Northampton Hitchcock and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station.